Hey folks, welcome back to the Rockwater Rambler. Today on the New Year's special, we're going to talk to Mr. Seth Anderson about his latest album with One Week Records. It's a little project put together by Joey Cape from Lagwagon. Seth had the privilege of recording down in San Francisco at Joey's house, and we're going to go over that experience and talk a little bit about his songs. We're going to update you on where and when he's gigging around Alberta and what you can expect from him in the next little while. Have a good New Year's, folks, and don't drink and drive. Seth Anderson here. We're just uh, going to talk a little bit about his newest, latest record that he recorded with Joey Cape with a little project he's got going on called One Week Records. Do you want to kind of say a little bit about that sure. project? Uh, so One Week Records is um, is a, a project where you go and stay with Joey at his house with him and his family for a week, seven days and record 10 songs in his in his home studio and um the the whole premise of of the label and the production is to to um keep things really bare bones and no overproduction and focus on the song and um try to allow that to come through kind of more so than instrumentation and that kind of thing and we were just kind of talking about the uh the other bands that did it like i guess just couple of their records that you like maybe share them with people from the one week records yeah yeah um actually like it's like through through like all the records there's like the, all of them i really like a lot because they are so like focused on songwriting and joey that's kind of what he what he the sole reason he picks people for the label is because he feels that they have strong um songwriting but uh my my personal favorites i think is the zach quinn record who is from pears which is a band that's on Fat Records. And um, the Chris Cresswell record, Chris is the singer of the Flatliners. Um, his record is really, really great as well. And that's probably the first one before that, um, before I'd ever met Joey or anything, I was, I had Chris's record actually and really liked it a lot. Um, how did you meet Joey Cape? Did he like find your music or was it random? No, it was, random? it was very random. Um, I just had, I slid onto a, a bill um, in Calgary at Broken City that he was playing just kind of like I was about to go on tour the next day and I was actually going to be coming in the city just to go to the show and my friend was promoting it and um, a slot opened up so he was able to get me on as an opener and um, Joey was actually he wasn't actually even watching me originally it was <laughs> Brian Wallstrom who's like the co-operator owner operator of One Week Records yeah and he plays on a lot of Joey stuff, and he also has a one week record as well. Um, him and Walt Hamburger, who was the other one week record artist on tour for that for that tour, they were watching me and pulled Joey out to check me to check it out. And he was like, "Yeah, he's good." <laughs> and then he kind of went from the back again. <laughs> and those guys, but those guys were the ones um, that kind of spearheaded it. And and I sent them some demos, and uh, they kind of like you know put them on 
when they were driving and make Joey listen to it. <laughs> and he ended up nice. giving me a call and asked if I wanted to come down and do a record. So we were talking about uh, Jeff Hillhorse, and he actually played on one of the tracks on the on my album as well. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, he played yeah. uh, Hammond and the... Just the organ on there. I yeah. heard that and it's in a couple songs, eh? It's on... Uh, well, there is organ on, on a couple songs, but he okay. just played on um, on Prairie Skies. Okay. And he also played That's Dobro on another track as well, on Glim River. That's kind of segues into something else I wanted to talk about. Um, kind of blending the like the folk and the country mm-hmm. kind of sounds. Um, it was probably punk first, right? Uh, sort of your influence first, and kind of moved more in a folk direction. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I grew up listening to like the the radio, you know, like top like pop radio, and um, and and. I grew up going to church too, so like gospel music was mm-hmm. a big influence. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I think that that's a kind of, there's a lot of like linear kind of kind of aspects to to punk to fo- to folk music to country music. You know, mm-hmm. they're all kind of honest. They're con- and they're connected in a way. You know, they're all based on similar similar concepts of songwriting. Yeah. Um, I I liked in that song falling. Or, no, is it falling? It, um, I think it's 24. It kind of kind of builds throughout the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, like, is that song about being 24? Or is it, like, about someone you're calling 24? 24, 24, my dear, you were so sweet. But now I know these days have come and gone. But certain things will always stay with me. 24, hold tight your innocence beyond your years Once that it goes away there's no return It's goodbye your willingness and open arms Don't stand so close to them is all you hear No, it's kind of like, I, I kind of wrote it as like a letter to myself as a, Yeah, that's what I was when thinking When I turned, like I think I was 30 when I wrote that song And it was, it was like you know how you kind of have these awakenings throughout your life And or epiphanies and it was uh yeah kind of like if i if i could give a little bit of advice to <laughs> to my yeah, younger yeah. self like how would it go so yeah we kind of there's a lot we could say to the younger versions of ourselves for sure yeah and it's essentially that song is just like about is saying um like don't be so hard on your people are really hard on themselves and i yeah. think that that's probably the root of a lot of uh depression with people and I think that we create a lot of that stuff within our own our own minds, and and as soon as you kind of learn to, you know, treat yourself with with a little bit more um, respect and leniency, and you know, and a bit more love, then you kind of can change your life a little bit. It's too bad that you can't actually listen to that song. Yeah. In the past. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you're writing a song. Um, this is the classic songwriter question. Mm. <laughs> Do you start with chords, an idea of lyrics, or um, like a melody line? I know for my buddy Derek Hintz, it's like he 
drives a forklift at work and just kind of oh, yeah. makes lyrics up while he's driving around at work, and that's yeah. how he writes all of his songs. That's cool. Know? Not everyone holds a guitar every time, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, it kind of happens differently a lot of the time. Um, when it, A lot of my more personal songs, they come more in the moment, and it, like, would start with a melody, I guess, like strumming through strumming through some chords or whatever. But um, also, it's like when when a song comes from like a specific idea or you're telling a story, I find that it, I sit with it for a long time and then it'll just kind of the melody it'll, the melody will come out. But I'll yeah, have yeah. like a because a lot of times when I when I'm writing, like I'll, I'll write a verse and I'll be and I and I won't know what I'm talking about yeah. <laughs> until I come back to it and I'm like, oh shit, like this is what this is about. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, it's never, never exactly the same, but I, I usually write with, um, most time, normally I would write with a guitar in, in hand and yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of the same way for sure. Yeah. Just kind of singing random words until, mm -hmm. until it makes some sense. Yeah. Um, I usually write on the computer. Oh really? And I'll use I type a lot faster than I yeah print so I've never done I'll, that. Uh, like this, I have this thing open on my computer right now that we're looking at, and it's uh, full of lyrics. Like yeah. I just write all my notes on here. Yeah. So if my computer crashes, I'm I'm fucked. Hooped. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I have like I use my voice memo. Like I have a real problem. I'll the first time that I sing something, like if it's a new melody or something, like I'll never do it the same again. Yeah. So yeah. I always. Yeah. use my voice I memo. use that tons too in and my phone it's handy to have those iPhones man there yeah it's a handy invention for so, a songwriter so yeah if I was to lose all my voice memos I'd be pretty choked because <laughs> there'd be a lot of stuff going you never on. know in those yeah. moments you just have to let it go though <laughs> yeah like, exactly there's, there's more melodies to yeah. be written yeah but I, I write like uh, with a pencil on and like I have a writing book and I yeah. like that kind of organic feel yeah. to it I guess yeah what's uh, some artists that are big for you I know there's like there's a lot of pop sensibility in your songs and mm -hmm. uh, um, that, you know, that has come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I was always like a, a really big face-to-face -face fan growing up and, okay. and their songs tend to be like, they have that kind of movement, like, uh, and, and that like pushing melody kind of, but um, I guess like, oh, it's hard to. Like a lot of my favorite favorite bands I listen to now, it's like I used to be very lyrically focused on on artists, and now I'm kind of more like I like the big entrances and like mm -hmm. the sonic um, aspects of a lot of bands. But um, but like Ryan Adams has always been like in more of my adult life, I've always been a pretty big Ryan yeah, Adams fan. Me too, for sure. He's a pretty prolific. Yeah, dude. I was actually gonna say that uh, um, one of these tunes falling mm -hmm. is like really ryan adams heartbreaker yeah kind yeah. of vibe to it I swore to be strong 
and to be there for mom I could not foresee such a story and that's it's like my favorite record yeah yeah it's so, a good record um, and also I mean like I like I always listened to the Beatles growing up and stuff like yeah. old old stuff like that yeah. and I was always a Rolling Stones fan and and like those are all really great yeah a lot of really great songs there's a reason why they're as big as they are yeah yeah totally and and they're kind of like uh, party bands too <laughs> totally. no, not the Beatles yeah. maybe, but no, it's, like it's, the Stones like that that's yeah. just like it feels good that music it's it good feels, rock and roll good yeah. bar music um, one song that me and Brady were just working on is uh, Hallelujah by George Harrison that song oh yeah unbelievable man yeah it's such a good song and there's nothing to it but yeah it's crazy yeah. it's just amazing writing those guys were they're all unreal and it was kind of like like a, it it was a bit seemed a bit more innocent back then or something you know like yeah. <laughs> it hadn't I guess that maybe they were all like really high or something so like, <laughs> some of just really came out. childish and weird songs <laughs> whatever came out came yeah. out <laughs> but um yeah I don't know I always like I when I, a lot of things like with my music I, I care a lot about um like the energy that it gives off or like what it leaves people with you know mm-hmm. so maybe I think maybe that comes a little bit from you know listening to bands like the stones and and like feeling that the positive energy from a lot of the stuff or yeah or you know with any with any good song it makes you feel something yeah it's good to have um like an upbeat kind of vibe to at least a few songs on the record, you know, you don't yeah. want to write like a, a boring, depressing album. So no, and I mean, focus on that life, life can be hard enough anyway. So it's like, yeah. this, this is like this album, there's a lot of songs that, uh, like I, I sent a, a bunch of demos to Joey, probably like 45 or 50 songs. And I let him pick the 10 that he wanted to, to use for the record. So most of the, like probably half the songs that, I thought would be on this record aren't there they he didn't want to use them so there's a there's a few more um like sad tunes on on this album which i'm always a little bit more self-conscious about playing or putting out but it's kind of nice that he pushed like pushed me to do that because it, it adds a little bit of confidence and, yeah. and they're great songs too i mean yeah that they, they i think that he did pick the strongest songs yeah. So it was nice to have him do that, and I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's to. it's that third party, um, yeah. and somebody else kind of telling you their perspective. I know when I went to record with Leroy the first time, I kind of let him pick all the songs for the album, mm-hmm. and uh, like in hindsight, I I like his decisions, but they're very him, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, now this newest record, me and Brady did we uh, we we chose everything and a lot of the songs I recorded are the songs I didn't record with Leroy the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess the artist, you could, you could have said to Joey, you could be like, no, I'm, I'm picking everything. Well, he, um, he, he may have been okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, um, but I would just respect him and yeah, I respect mean, his opinion. <coughs> and also my, my whole thought on it was, it, 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 it can be hard to let go of that, control you know and and it's like i've never totally let go of mm-hmm. of control going into the studio so i just wanted to you know try something different <laughs> having a producer is uh <coughs> you know at some point you dive into that world i mean 
there for a long time in anyone's career when you're learning to play music you don't even think about that being a concept because mm-hmm. it, it costs money yeah. and it's but when you you get a little farther down the line you realize that uh having somebody around like that is um it's helpful to just have the other input and uh and they sometimes they pick players or they pick ideas that you didn't know the player and you would never have thought of that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it can really enhance a song and, and then you leave the studio excited cause it's surprising. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, it, and like, even though the approach to this record is like a bare bones kind of style of production, um, everything that we, like we, we added, we ended up adding quite a bit of stuff, but it was all like very tasteful and, yeah. and like Joey and I have a really similar taste in music. Yeah. And, um, which was kind of cool to learn, like going through his record collection and kind of throwing, like sharing stuff with him that he hadn't heard. Um, so that like gave me all the confidence in the world and, and like I already had the confidence in him, but to know that we also had a lot of confidence. Well, and to have somebody like him, uh, giving you a bit of a backbone, like he's, Mm -hmm. that guy's a monster songwriter. Yeah. He's unbelievable. The melody lines in his songs are the catchiest things you've ever heard. Yeah. And uh, there's something to be said about just having someone that you respect like that tell you that you're doing a good job. It makes you write better. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And it makes you focus on the good parts of your songs. Like, because one thing with him, with a lot, like he he cuts out the fat with songs. You know, like there's there's nothing in there that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to be challenged that way. And and it's like since then I've with writing now I think about that more. You know, it's like. Like, why am I, why is, why is this here? Like, is it necessary? Um, is there any song in particular on the record that's, uh, you feel is like the strongest, strongest point or do you feel like it's pretty well-rounded or, um, I, I think probably the, I think the, like, as far as just a straight up song, like my, what I think is the best song on the album, I think the first track. Uh, more than killers. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably the best. Said if we believe it, how can I not be right? The life we choose begins within our minds. And we said there would be freedom within each other's eyes. But freedom never came without the fight in my opinion and you find that that one live gets the biggest rise out of people or is yeah yeah. it definitely draws people in a lot like i i start my set with that a lot and um like i usually with my first song i either go for like really in in people's faces you know or something that can kind of like settle the room and and that like that song just like like he, a lot of times you can hear a pin drop in a bar, which is, <laughs> which is really difficult. Like it's always a challenge playing at bar gigs, you know, and yeah. with an acoustic guitar and kind of battling the, the room noise. And That's why I whack away on a kick drum yeah. <laughs> and a hi-hat the whole night so that people pay attention. Yeah. I need to try that maybe. But, <laughs> but, but yeah. it's strangely effective to, um, to leave dead space and be, and, mm-hmm. and not have those things. And, um, depending on the room, the drama of a quieter set can be, super effective yeah and i learned a while like a few years ago that getting louder isn't the answer to battling no a loud room no like you almost have to whisper i mean it can't work 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that for a fact, but I really enjoy playing without those mm-hmm. drums and it creates, you lose a lot of dynamic when you're just being loud Yeah. to like, there's, there's a whole element missing. Cause if you get really quiet and there's no drums and there's nothing, that's, that's more effective than just wailing away on the drums, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a, that, that song particularly, I think, like uh, me and Joey were talking when we were talking about the track listing, I think he he wanted to. We were bouncing "Fallen," which is the last track on the record. We were kind of switching those two back and forth, you know. But this track is shorter, and "Fallen" is is a really mm-hmm. heavy song for me. Yeah. So uh, I was like, I don't know, man. That's just like that's too intense. I think for a first. Falling, it's a good, it's a good closer for sure. Yeah, so and that as well, well right? Like um, it's a great closer. What's that tune about exactly? It's, it's. I hear you mention your mom. Yeah. One point in there. Yeah, it's um, about when was two thousand thirteen, fourteen. Anyway, a few years ago, my dad passed away. He had um, Lou okay. Gehrig's disease, and um, so that disease basically is it's a mus like a muscular degenerative yeah, type of I, disease. I know about it well. Yeah. yeah so um so my dad he had that and sometimes people will live 20 years with that disease and some he he lived mm-hmm. i think three three years from his diagnosis yeah. and and like my mom she provided total total home care through the whole thing you yeah. know like and and i would like I, I moved back home a couple of times to try to help out and everything but it's like a walking into those situations <clears throat> it's like you never you can't prepare yourself for that you know and, and you don't really if you're not there every day contributing it would be it would be tough to step in and be able to help right away because those yeah. it's complicated to yeah. help somebody with that stuff um yeah so that's kind of that's uh, that's what that song is about and i wrote that song when dad was still living actually um so it's like that's for me like that i couldn't for that to be the opener to the record i'd just be like, yeah <laughs> well it kind of would set a tone it's yeah. a good way to close it that way you know i mean it still has a, people thinking it's not much, it's, there's not a lot of hope in that song, I don't think. Maybe a little bit, but... And I think a, a lot of the a lot of the songs on the record are all about hope. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, um, like, heavy, like, it's, it's sometimes great to put a really heavy song to a really heavy vibe and mm-hmm. just roll with it, like, um, for something that serious, I mean... Like and and live those those tunes are extremely effective. Yeah, and like if, that that song I played it live maybe like twice. Yeah, like it, I, well it'd be hard to play live I would imagine. Yeah, and I I just like uh, like I can play it. It's just like I worry about everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Like I don't want to drag people. But down. if you were doing like a house concert, um, like a seated house concert or something like that. Um, yeah, it work. It, it can it, work in some yeah. situations for sure. Yeah. And there's a big story there, and yeah, I think. Um, there's a huge number of people that can relate to that topic for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, are you going to work on another record soon here? Or? I'm hoping to. Yeah. Um, like it's almost been a year now since, or when did, since I recorded, I guess it came out in, in June. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been talking with some friends uh, from other punk bands about taking like I said I had like 45 or 50 songs that I sent to him and and a lot of them are good like I I think that I would like to release you know so I've been I've been chatting with some friends about doing more like a punk rock kind of record with with a bunch of the songs and then um also 
I'd like to get back in and do another like you know rootsy kind of folk type of record but I don't have studio time booked or anything right now but I've been thinking heavily heavily about it trying to kind of get a game plan because time time goes really quickly when it comes to recording because even once you get the process st- like started you know you're looking at it could be a year before mm-hmm. you get the record out so yeah it's almost like you finish a record and then you should almost start thinking about it I can automatically very much so relate to that for sure yeah so I'm um, I've got a ton of songs and I've been I've been writing too and I'm excited to get those songs kind of out there. So. And you've been playing with a band, you said a little bit. Yeah, I have. A, I've had a backing band for the last five years, um, and uh, I do the last probably the last year I've done way more solo stuff than I have with my full band. But um, I really I enjoy playing those shows a lot. They're a lot of fun and um, and I don't know maybe maybe we'll do some stuff like usually i i hire guys for the studio um but it'd, it'd be cool to do some stuff with those guys because we have really kind of good energy and good chemistry yeah it's it's different to bring in someone that you've uh that you've played live with a bunch yeah than to have a session player come in and kind of try to interpret the songs mm-hmm. i know there's uh, a lot of that dynamic and yeah and they come in and they kind of you know you'll have something in mind and they'll write a part and it's it's close but it's not Mm-hmm. exactly what you're going for and if you're if it's players that you're kind of working with for months you can you'll be happy with the end result you know and they kind of learn how like your pushes and like the way that you exactly, the flow of yeah. how you play and that's mm-hmm. that's a big thing too and it really shows on a recording mm-hmm. um i think there's certain recordings that you hear and you can tell it's it's the band um and i i think like Tom Petty, there's some bands that stand by the fact that they do everything off the floor. Yeah. They want it to be their, they want it to sound live. The Drive By Truckers and Tom Petty are like, they do two every, of the, everything live off everything off the floor. Wow, that's cool. Is, it's neat. I mean, they obviously pepper in some stuff afterwards, but yeah. Um, but the band plays the songs and they add stuff over top. And I know Tom Petty's, I think Tom Petty's like first solo record or something with like learning to fly on it I think yeah. was uh that was tracked and that was the first time he'd done that oh really but I think for the majority of his career it's all been that's on cool. the floor yeah I have a I have a friend in uh, Toronto named Chuck Coles and um his old band the Organ Thieves they they recorded everything live vocals as well off the floor it just creates a you can hear it like when you yeah. listen to the recording you can just tell some of the guitar parts there will be like a weird note or like there's certain things that you know that they're like well we can't go back and mm-hmm. chop this all apart so you get a more well-rounded realistic recording it creates like a rougher edge to it you know yeah and i think also like for vo- like he kind of said his re- like i said yeah that's cool but like even like vocals you know wouldn't it be best to go back and do those after and he's and he kind of he thought like and i i agree it's like you lose that sense of urgency in your vocal when you're not like pl- yeah singing like within the song and and i agree with that i mean like on this on this um on on the one week record there was some songs that like the the mellow songs i played live off the floor Mm -hmm. without like click or anything and then the more upbeat stuff i would do guitar separately and then do vocals after and i don't notice it as much now but like right after like in the studio you know i kind of would pick up a little bit on the songs where they weren't recorded live off the floor where you notice the vocal is, has a bit of a different feel and you would notice that more than other people but i think inherently 
inherently we just hear the difference mm-hmm. and we don't even know what the difference is really but you just feel um, you kind of feel it you know a, yeah the song yeah. is just a little bit different than a certain way but it's like uh it's it's kind of the same thing as when you go in like every time you go into the studio it's like oh no i don't want to use a click track i'll lose the feel yeah but then when you listen back after it's like the tracks where you you do use a click track they're just a bit more solid way more solid you yeah know, maybe they yeah. don't i swear i swear by a click for sure um, yeah it's a, it's pretty essential i think and and for some reason it's like when you sit in front of your iphone and play a song without the click track it, you know it feels so great but yeah. then when you're in the studio and you're trying to play without a click there's a lot of pressure in there man. <laughs> yeah it's a lot different it just makes you screw everything up and mm-hmm. but my second album um that i i recorded with steve Lurie from nanton um, he's he's a great producer yeah and, and he's done great, stuff with ian tyson yeah a great dude too yeah and um, we, it was he has a studio now that he's built in his back, uh, behind his yeah. his home. Um, but for that <clears throat> record, we went to his family's ranch house, like hundred year old ranch house, nice. and, like out back in Anton, and set up studio. And we did everything live off the floor for that record, like That's vocals great. and, and it's like a little rough, but. <laughs> But it has that There's feel. a charm about it. Yeah, definitely. They're time capsules. That's, yeah. the, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. I can say there's a few tunes I've recorded that I'd rather weren't even out there, but hey, man. Yeah, that's the worst thing. How much you can do now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first album that I recorded, I did um, in my buddy's basement in New Brunswick. And uh, yeah, that one I kind of keep hidden. <laughs> Keeping a box in the corner. Yeah. Like, I'll keep it here, but I don't want Yeah, it's really not on iTunes that one. <laughs> So uh, when's the next show? Um, January. I have some stuff coming up. I'm going to play the uh, the Big Winter Classic in Calgary. Okay, yeah. And um, that's the weekend of the 18th to the, the 22nd. Is that and, a band one? Um, no, I'll do it solo. Joey actually, Joey Cape is coming up for the festival. Wow, nice. And we're going to do an Edmonton date on the 21st of January. Great. And uh, then I'll do the Calgary show with him. And Northcote is also at Big Winter Classic. They're a great band, too. Yeah, yeah. so they're going to, I'm going to do a show with them with my full band in Camor on January 24th. Right on. At the Drake, which will be pretty awesome, I think. And then I'm going to go to Fernie with them on the 25th and play solo at the Northern. So that's the, my, my uh, January. Oh, and then January 27th, I'm playing the, with my band again at the uh, the High River Folk Society Club um, with Mariel Buckley. Nice. Yeah. So I'm really so for that. That'll be cool. Yeah. She's a she's a good chick. She's, she's great. Yeah. Fun. Great songwriter too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Her brother too. It's a talented family. Yeah. Yeah. I really like um, what I've seen in Mariel's stuff like her like live videos and whatnot. Like she she sounds really good in that setting you mm-hmm. know and like that's yeah. really hard to do. There's a there's a confidence there. I mean, her pitch is really good. Yeah. And her delivery is really honest. Yeah. It's, yeah, I really uh, I really like it. And and I mean, it's like KJ Jansen is a friend of mine. He's from the band Chicks to Get in Calgary here. Yeah. And he always said to me, he's like the band's only job is to sound good. Like that's your job. Yeah. It's it's like not to be loud. It's not to, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the main thing is that you sound good. And I think Marielle is, she's really good at that. Like she's got it dialed in. So I'm, I'm I always say that about that. like when I'm doing a bar gig or something and you get those weird crowds and they're, they're partying and having a good time and they don't clap or anything. Yeah. But 
that's like the greatest compliment you could have in a sense because they're you you've become the radio if yeah. you sucked they would be paying attention to you and would want you to fuck off. Yeah. They'd want you out of the bar. So if, if they're not doing anything and they're having a good time you and they don't acknowledge you, yeah, you're, you might as well be the house music. And like, that's, if you're doing certain gigs, that's kind of why they hire you. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of fucked up and like devaluing, but it's, uh, well, I mean, that's just uh, the nature of, of it, I guess, you know, like you got to play those gigs to, well, and, and, it's not like, I guess you shouldn't take it offensively. Like the different gigs hire you for different things. Yeah. And there is, if you're playing an auditorium, everyone's staring at you. And if you're playing the bar, you're there to sell beer. Yeah. You're a beer salesman. Yeah, basically. Right on. Well, we'll, uh, we got to drop your website. Is it just sethanderson.com? Okay. Yeah. Sethandersonmusic.com. Okay. And, uh, my one week record album is available exclusively from the oneweekrecords.com website right on yeah and uh we're gonna have a song yes we're gonna add some stuff to it i think we're gonna try it it might it it might just be dry but sure i don't know let's give it a go they'll hear it i don't find out i don't know what song i'm gonna play well this is a trick figure it out (laughs) all right well you folks have a wonderful day and uh, I guess this will be like pretty close to New Year's, so okay. Good luck with your New Year's resolutions and happy holidays. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Woke up from December and I could not feel your gaze. Woke up with the fear that I can't change. And I woke up from a nightmare Where our years ran out of days Time would not permit if we don't pay But we were more than kids Of own loving kind of life Maybe only sinners I could Started out believing in something I can't define. Beauty never came from our design. Maybe 
Only sinners that grew tired Started out believing In something I can't define Beauty never came from a design We were molding kills of unloving kind of life. Maybe only sinners that grew tired. Started out believing in something I can't define. Beauty never came from a design. That's all for this week, folks. Thanks for tuning back in. Next week, we got Muriel Buckley, one of Calgary's finest alternative country artists. We're going to ask her some questions about her most recent release, Motorhome, and we're going to get her to fill you in on what she's doing next. Have a happy New Year's, folks. All the best in 2017.